So good morning, everyone. I encourage everybody to be um, patient, very patient with ourselves and each other. throughout the retreat, but especially these first few days. When we tend to be encountering a lot of undigested fatigue, restlessness, undigested distraction, habitual tendencies that we don't notice so much in our daily life when we're so preoccupied with getting there, getting something done, coping with the many demands placed on us in our modern life. But in a circumstance like this, in silence, or many of our duties, our everyday duties are, have been set aside within a structure, simple structure of sitting and walking. Then these tendencies, especially of trying to get there, being in a hurry, tendencies of restlessness or boredom or exhaustion become apparent. I really encourage us to to be patient, not be in too big a hurry to get there. But even though much of the impingement for many, many people, these first few days, much of this sensory experience is difficult. encourage us not to be in too big a hurry to skip over because we have a chance to as our dear friend fellow practitioner um, who we used to be with in the monastery Ajahn Sujito says uh, we're eyeball to eyeball with our karma our karmic tendencies the patterns the habits that guide our daily lives just because we've stopped doesn't mean to say the patterns disappear. There's a momentum. So we can patiently uh, bear with the momentum, the onslaught of these tendencies and allow them little by little to calm down. Last night Tanisra mentioned this journey, this journey of awakening We're using this formal practice of the retreat to help clarify the journey, deepen our skill with uh, walking this path. But just to remind ourselves that though the language is of a journey, the idea of moving somewhere, remembering from here to there, and it's very important that our practice is also accompanied 
by wisdom and to remember that we're not actually going anywhere. That it might be more accurate to say that we're more fully learning how to be here more deeply. The experience of beginning the retreat, the opening talks, um, is a memory now. Now there's the experience of the first morning instruction, touching consciousness. The perception of how our body is, raring to go, or, oh my goodness, It was like a major accomplishment just to make it to the cushion. Those experiences are moving through the heart. A famous utterance of the Buddha is that this heart is luminous. He called it the Pabhasarajitta. Our heart is luminous. Our nature is luminous. It's spacious, unobstructed, peaceful. But he went on to say, because we get confused by that which moves through the heart, we lose touch with this inherent, essential luminosity. Another way that he said this same principle, which relates to the idea that we're not going somewhere else. This path activity is taking us deeper and more fully into the present. Another way he put it is vimutti sarasabedama. The last part of the phrase sabedama means every circumstance. Sabe dhamma, sabe all dhamma, all circumstance. Morning instructions, a circumstance. Not feeling good is another circumstance. Feeling like you're getting there is a circumstance. Feeling like you've just really messed up big time is a circumstance. Vimutti sara sabe dhamma. Vimutti means free, unbounded, unobstructed, sara, as its essence. Sabedama are all conditions. All conditions, all circumstance actually have as their core, have as their true substance, true essence, vimutti, spaciousness, freedom, luminosity. But because of what moves through the heart right now, it's a different way of reflecting on our life. The idea that our heart is, the way of talking about the heart is the ground, the ground of being, which is aware, what this morning I call the Buddha refuge, the refuge of awareness. 
that fundamental level of awareness, which is at the core of our being, but that we lose touch with that when we get so mesmerized by what's moving through this field of awareness. What's moving through the worried thoughts, oh my goodness, it was a great idea to go on retreat, but God, there is so much to do. I haven't done that, I haven't done that, I haven't done that. Ten worry thoughts can be so seductive, so mesmerizing, so enchanting, and then our true spaciousness, which is grounded in this awareness, focused, collapsed, contracted, totally glued and identified with this worried, panicking, resistant, exhausted perceptions that move through the heart. So it's not that all this practice we'll be doing this week, it's not that we're trying to get somewhere else. This is very important because we can be so busy. I got a little more concentrated yesterday. I'm going to kick it over the edge today. Get up 15 minutes earlier. Come on, go for it, Kitty Sora. Look. We can do it till the cows come home. We really think we're getting there. That's why it's called samsara, because the, the unexpected mystery, the why didn't you tell me surprise, the jewel that was on our forehead all that time when we we're busy looking for that which is precious, is that our nature's fine, it's pristine. That it's a question of encouraging ourselves to be more willing to be here, more fully here, more honestly here, more wisely here, more patiently here. And start to realize, yes, there's a truth to some of these worries and thoughts and feelings and stuff. But it's not the truth that we imagine it to be. It's a very flickering, ephemeral truth that's arising and ceasing within this luminosity, what the Buddha called babasara jitta, within this vimuti, this freedom. So I, I want to underline this, because we'll be talking about teachings, mindfulness practices. Yes, there's stuff to practice. But keep remembering that we're not practicing to go somewhere else. We're making effort to be here. We're reminding ourselves to, hey, 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 come on, let's be right. Oh, but it doesn't feel good. Okay, let's be with not feeling good. Oh, but, 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 but. Listen to that. But, 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 but. Relax. Because there's a lot of momentum with the Buddha called becoming that really imagines that we're getting there, over there. And that leads to endless wandering round and round in a circle. Now the Dharma, the teaching, the prime teachings that we'll be focusing on today is called mindfulness, called sati. 
one of his famous teachings, dharmas, frameworks for reflection that helps guide us to this timeless, true nature that we all have. It's not that nobody is missing anything. It's a famous teaching the Buddha gave in what's called the Majjhima Nikaya, called the Foundations of Mindfulness. The, the mindfulness, the word sati means to bear in mind, bear in awareness, to remind, means to link, remember. Dismembered, our ordinary state sometimes is dismembered. As we're a little bit here, a little bit there, the mind's wandering off into the future, the body's still half asleep, the emotions are just kind of coping. In mindfulness, we consciously bring to mind, establish this presence of mind on these four foundations. We'll be working a lot with the first foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of the body. Here's how the Buddha, just to give you a feeling of how he talked about it. This is the direct path, this this practice of mindfulness, for the purification of beings, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and distress, for the attainment of the right method, for the realization of Nibbāna, Nibbāna, the extinguishing of suffering, the cooling down of suffering. There's the case where a monk, or in this case a practitioner like us, remains focused on the body in and of itself, ardent, alert, mindful, putting aside yearning and distress with reference to the world, what the Buddha called the direct path, ekkāyāna-magga. Sometimes it's translated as the direct path, but ekkāyāna means the one, ekka means one yāna, way, magga path, the one-way path. It's a, it's a path that leads in one direction. Being mindfully aware of how it is now. How is it now? How's the body now, feeling the sensations of sitting, the clothing touching to the skin, aware in a moment of the temperature, the air on our skin. Aware that we're sitting. How do we know we're sitting and not standing? Mindful, that perception, direct perception of the hardness of the body, the shape of the body. The movement of the body is we are aware that actually we're alive. How do we know we're alive? We're breathing in and out. This activity, the Buddha said, leads in one direction. It leads to freedom. Why? Because that reveals the true nature of things. When we're mindful within the light of mindfulness, we see things as they are, not just as we're imagining. But another way to translate ekayana magga, it could be called the one-way path, the direct path. It's ekā, and this is very important, means one. It's the path to the one. 
It's the path home. It's the path out of the sense when we're not really mindful. We get so locked into the sense that I'm over here and you're over there and there's the good stuff and the bad stuff and should I do this or should I do that? And we feel so separate and vulnerable and split off. The more we notice mindfully breathing in, breathing out, sensations, the way things actually are, we start to get in touch with it, phenomena arise and cease within this background of awareness. This practice of mindfulness leads us more and more to the ground of awareness, which is where we find stability. Because of course the light gets lighter during the day and then darker at night. The breath goes in, the breath goes out. We're feeling good, then we're not feeling so good. Actually, forms and feelings and thoughts and perceptions, their nature is really unstable. But in this practice of mindfulness, during this retreat, we're going to be working a lot on just connecting right with how it is now, right with how it is now, right with how it is now. All of suffering, the Buddha teaches, really emerges from a condition of avijja, not seeing clearly. This practice of mindfulness, when we actually start touching, connecting with how it actually is, with clear comprehension, with alertness, dedicating ourselves to this practice of again and again and again, just returning to how is it now. We're then illumining. We're bringing the light of awareness into the actuality of our experience. Oh, but the important stuff is, is freedom and solving problems and I mean, we've got, you haven't even, nobody's mentioned climate change, have they? Or the economy, or despair, or what does being with your feet touching the ground got to do with that? We can be turned off. We can be from, oh, this is not important, sensations. I want to, because thoughts are very mesmerizing, thoughts of this is important, this is crucial, this is me, this is my problem. The problem with thoughts is when our concentration, when our capacity to be present isn't very grounded and rooted, we easily get really overwhelmed by thoughts, which are so quick, so ephemeral. They tend to go into the future about what might happen. Go to the past about the painful stuff that did happen and what if it happens again? From the past to the future, the past to the future. Why the body is the first foundation of mindfulness is it moves slower. 
it's a way of actually beginning to change our center of gravity from what might happen, what happened before and might happen. Endless possibilities, of course, we get totally stressed out. To start changing, moving our, our refuge, our abiding place to what is in the most tangible, slow-moving aspect of our experience is form, body, internally, externally. Buddha taught this is really, really important and really helpful because with our best of intentions, we try to start off on the thought level. We just tend to get think in circles. That's why he used this, this phrase of to put aside for a while yearning or longing and distress with regard to the world. We'll come back to it. There's all sorts of problems and decisions we all want to make. But if we on the first day think we have to figure it out, we just end up thinking, thinking, thinking. So when the mind's thinking, oh, but what am I going to do about that? And what will I do about that? And what if that happens again? We touch it gently. But to put aside means to let it be. Thank you for that reminder. And then go right to the body. How does my body feel right now? Breathing. The mind can make us, because of language and being misunderstanding the nature of language, can make us feel like we're just me and there's all that stuff out there. When we go right to something that's actually happening now, the sensation of sitting, can we have a moment of really taking refuge, of connecting, of resting on the truth of this moment, body, supported by the earth, the cushion, by the chair, sensations, the pressure as we feel our thighs or our legs or our buttocks, the weight of our body pressing on our support, clothing, touching the skin. sense of pulsing, perhaps, within the body. Noticing that this body expands when we breathe in, contracts when we breathe out. Can we actually take a deep in-breath when the Buddha gives instructions on how to work with this foundation of mindfulness in the body? He talks about sitting down putting mindfulness to the fore, dedicating ourselves to this commitment to being present, determining to to be present, to be awake, to sustain that as we breathe in and out. And he starts by saying, being mindful of the long breath. Sometimes we're so caught up in our worries and doubts, we don't even know we're breathing. So we can just take a deep breath, deep, quiet breath. And as we breathe out, consciously relax the forehead, shoulders, chest, upper back, 
few deep breaths, fully in, relaxing the abdomen, lower back, hips. And allow our breathing to, to find its own rhythm. One of the insights that comes is we might think I'm in here and you're out there, but guess what? What's, what's not me? When I breathe in, and it becomes very intimate. It's within this body. Just try not breathing. Oh, I don't need to, I'm independent. I was grown up to not depend on things. I'm not, I don't need to breathe, so I'm not breathing. I just breathe out. I'm generous. But I'm noticing this uncomfortable feeling now. Wow, I feel it in my fingers, in my head, in my whole body. What's that? And then, you <coughs> feel the flush, flush in every cell. So even stop breathing for a little while if you can't find it. And notice that actually our reality, the reality of our life force is that we're continually being blessed by this freely offered gift. We can breathe in any time we want to. There's no breathing meter on each of you. Yeah, sorry to. You just did a lot of breathing yesterday, and last night you just went off the chart. You've got to really cut back. Nobody's doing that. We have permission. And just to remind ourselves, we're in a situation where people who are interested in awakening, interested in a path of gentleness, illumination, are here. So we can realize we're not right in the middle of a highway. Give ourselves permission to relax and realize we're part of this field of vitality that we have permission to breathe in. And whenever we want to, we can breathe out. What we breathe out, the trees breathe in. What the trees breathe out, we breathe in. In these days that come, we'll be practicing being with the body and bathing the whole body with awareness. The Buddha begins by encouraging us, if we can't find the breath, to breathe in long, breathe out long. Then as we, then he goes on in a second step to, to learn to be mindful of the short breath. Sometimes our breathing is short just because we're afraid and we're cramped up. So that's why it's useful to have some long breaths that we constantly relax. The qigong is also very helpful for helping bring the whole body into awareness. But as we practice and relax, then we'll notice that at a time the breathing naturally calms down. And we could call that the shorter breath. And then in this progression of teaching, the Buddha goes on to encourage us in the course of this retreat. You'll see I'm just sort of laying it out a bit now. He encourages us to train ourselves to be aware of the whole body when we breathe in. Of the whole body when we breathe out. At first, we might help make contact with the experience of having a body in small places of the nostrils, 
Be aware of the coolness as we breathe in and the warmth as we breathe out when the air is warmed in the lungs a little. We can just be with the sensation as the breath comes in. Be mindful of the sensation, the tingling, the warmth, the coolness, the rhythm. In and out. Or some of us will find it easier to be with the body breathing at the chest. You might notice that the chest expands a little when we breathe in, contracts a bit when we breathe out. Or some of us might be more at ease being with the breathing at first, noticing the belly as it expands and contracts, noticing the diaphragm as it moves. wherever we can make contact with the body, even if it's just the posture. In moments, it's a moment of mindfulness, a moment of being connected with how it actually is on the physical level. But in time, we're going to keep encouraging ourselves to relax and allow the awareness to expand and include to soften and widen. Our true nature is boundless. Our awareness is actually very wide. We tend to get really contracted, as I was saying earlier, around our thoughts and worries and fears. So we're connecting with the present moment. It might start with our awareness a bit narrow, that's okay, but really encouraging us to relax into that, soften into that. So that little by little in time, we're going to allow our awareness to get more spacious. But it's a spaciousness that's not spaced out. A spaciousness that's centered. And all sorts of momentum will arise up to throw us off, oh gosh, this is too slow, or I don't can't do it. We just hear it. Let it be. By encouraging us to, with a thought, encouraging ourselves to, but how is the body now? Here and now. Am I sitting? Am I standing? Am I having a cup of tea? And we encourage people that if you're really tired and need to rest, you know, that can happen. Sometimes we really need to rest. But if we're resting, then we can still be with the body as we lie down. That was my main meditation posture for like three years. For a decade, really. But for three years, I was lying down almost all the time when I was really sick. Oh, it was wonderful. I'd lie down and surrender to the mat. Make just a little effort just to welcome the sensations of the body being supported by the pillow, by the mat. Stay connected with that sensation. When the aware, what the awareness holds, the nature of awareness is to put into balance. That's just one of the mysteries of awareness. This practice helps balance and unify things. 
So even if we're tired, even if we're exhausted, I encourage us to keep in moments, especially these first few days, even if our mind's telling us, oh, this is difficult, just say, well, thank you for that comment. And then just be with the feeling for a moment, the sensation of the body. And in the walking, which I'll say a few minutes about that at the end of this, we're, we're, we're using this practice, whether we're sitting, standing, walking, lying down, working at our job, having a cup of tea, having the cup of tea, thinking we're not meditating. Oh, God, thank goodness we got a break. Okay, don't meditate. That's all right. Sometimes it's really good not to meditate to see what we think we're doing when we're meditating. But we're okay, I'm not meditating. But is the body still there? Can there be just an easeful recognition of the body sitting, holding the cup, putting the cup down? And practicing being with the body and relaxing, softening. This sitting practice now. Full breath in. Relaxing out. From the crown of the head down to the soles of the feet. Just mindful of the body. Noticing what is the sensation of the forehead as we breathe in and out. Whatever the sensation is, tingling, cool, warm, numb. Have a moment of steadying the awareness on that. The eyelids touching each other or open. Lips touching each other. Jaws, the jaw tends. So we breathe in, relaxing the jaw. Neck and shoulders, mindful of just the sensation there. Meaning, how does it feel? How does that part, how do you know you have shoulders? So we're not talking about how we look in a picture, we're talking about the experience right now. Oftentimes, because we're not so aware of our body, it might be painful when we come to it. But don't be afraid of pain, because pain wants attention. And then when awareness mixes in with that, it can allow for a transformation. Aware of the neck and shoulders as we breathe in, just subtly softening them as we breathe out. Arms and hands, hands. Moment of mindfulness of the hands. Touching the legs or holding each other. Pulsing. Tingling. As we breathe in, noticing that sensation. Breathe out. The belly, front, chest. Lower back. Just moments of being aware of how it is. This is how it is now, this sensation. 
oh, but, but where's this going to go and what? Can we just try it? Is it harming anyone? To be with simplicity? We're doing this. One, because little by little this will lead to skill in having what the Buddha called a pleasing abiding here and now. When we learn how to be mindful and relaxed, it leads to what's called samadhi, gatheredness and ease in simplicity. We can discover in time a joyfulness and a brightness that wells up just in sitting, walking, listening, standing. One blessing. And two, that very gatheredness of attention is more able than to see clearly. So these first few days, I really encourage us just to be really simple. Really simple. Don't underestimate the value even of just a moment's mindfulness, and then we might be lost for 10 minutes, an hour, a whole morning. Then we think, whoa, how is it now? Okay, rejoice in that. Oh, but I'm such a bad meditator. I bet I'm the worst. Okay, notice that thought coming and going, and then keep noticing how it impacts the body. We're practicing this ekayana maga, this path to the one, this one-way path back to our nature, back to the essence of this moment. And it can seem so slow, so boring. Oh, mind might start screaming. Oh gosh, I can't do it. Just be very kind, very patient. Let that ruckus be visitors. They're visitors that are moving through the heart. Keep encouraging ourselves to stay connected to the body. If we need to rest, that's okay. Rest. But try to be present for that feeling when we allow the body to be supported by the chair by the cushion. So in the sitting, we're being with the posture. We're being with breathing in and out. And if the body seems just too difficult, too narrow, give us another tool, we can listen. That's also a consciousness rooted in the body. But listening, the advantage of it is it's spacious. Just feel like, oh gosh, I can't handle the body. Then listen. And notice sounds come and go. They arise and keep ceasing back into this mindfulness, this fullness, this awareness. Listening allows the heart to be spacious. And noticing within that spaciousness of listening, you'll still find the body. But then... So it's being with the body, bathing the body in awareness, in mindfulness. We get too cramped, feeling like we're in the body, then listen. Allow the awareness to be more spacious, and then notice within that spaciousness is the resonance, the vibration, the sensation of the body. 
We'll do that in sitting. And then uh, I'll, I'll say a, a few minutes uh, about the walking. <clears throat> 